And welcome to Detention. This week joining us, we have Clarence Thomas, again, <laughs> Enrique Tario, Jackson Mahomes, the entire city of Flint, Michigan, and then, you know, the entire corporate McDonald's yeah. of Louisville. That one's rough. And other states, so. I actually have two jokes for you. Oh. Because I couldn't decide which one I liked better. Oh, I like that. Ready? Yes. So I was in court recently. Oh. And the judge found me guilty of being egotistical. Oh. I am appealing. <laughs> I am appealing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> that one's just, the more you think about it, the better it is. Yeah. Right? I've thought about that for two days straight. God, that judge it. thinks I'm hot. <laughs> <laughs> the other one is, uh, I had to go to court today. I didn't like it. Everyone was so just judgmental. <laughs> judgmental. Yeah, the whole entire fucking jury of assholes telling me that I'm wrong. Man, I love that that one of being egotistical. God, I read that and I just—it was pure gold. Fucking awesome. <laughs> the dumber, the better. It's great. All right, starting off, Clarence Thomas again is going to be in detention this week with us. He, um, I feel like he's going to be serving it for like a year I until mean, he dies. Potentially, if more of this shit keeps coming out, we talked last week about his failure to disclose, you know, his financial ties to this billionaire, right? It has gotten apparently worse than we had thought, where if it couldn't already be worse, where the guy that bought his mom's house, mom's house, um, Harlan Crow, and basically could hold that over his head if he ever wanted to. If you really think about it, that sounds just like a a bad guy name. Right? Harlan Crow. 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 Just, you know, you got to know he's just a piece of shit. Like Russell Crow. Well, I don't know how big of a piece of shit Russell Crow is. I know his marriage fell apart. And he had to sell... Never mind, I'm not getting We're in it. the weeds. Yep. So further details have been released about the relationship between Harlan Crow and Clarence Thomas's finances. So apparently Crow paid for a private school tuition for Thomas's grandnephew, Mark Martin, whom Thomas said he was raising as a son. So it, it gets even worse. I want to see the adoption papers. Well, I mean, I don't think it's actually like adopted, but he's just treating him like as if he's his son. I have no idea what the family dynamic is with this kid and Clarence Thomas. He is related to him. It's just I'm sure he's taken him under his wing. But just the fact that this guy is paying for this guy's tuition, again, is just more hypocrisy. Uh, Crow paid apparently $6,200 monthly tuition for Martin's attendance at Hidden Lake Academy. Total amount paid by Crow is unclear, but could be exceeding $150,000. I wish I made that a month. Right? That's just made that. Well, I mean, it's 6,200 monthly, right? but then $150,000 in total or more potentially. So this further brings the notion that there needs to be a deeper oversight of the Supreme Court and a general code of, or not general, a universal code of conduct available for them. However, and I think I sent you a TikTok about yes, this. Yes, you did. And I put this in here as notes because the article that I found also mentioned it, which all judges have stated would not happen. They do not. All nine of them, even the four Democratic ones, three Democratic ones, um, said that they do not want to have deeper oversight of the Supreme Court. And they released a joint statement saying that um, all nine judges pledge their voluntary adherence to a general code of conduct and, quote, consult a wide variety of authorities to address specific ethical issues. It does not make sense to me, though, if... And I know uh, Sotomayor 
uh, also has potential issues with her not disclosing finances that she had with a publishing company that she used way back when. Same thing with uh, who's the tall, white-haired guy? Before Brett Kavanaugh. I don't know. There was that other piece of shit that the first one that Trump got through to get on the uh, Supreme Court. I can't remember his name right now. But him and Sotomayor apparently have used the same publishing company, and they could also be facing some type of issues with not disclosing finances and stuff. But if it's now becoming an issue... Here's my thing. You're supposed to be the highest law in the land. Yes. How do you not know the fucking law? I don't know. I, I mean, I guess if if you're that high, you can almost bend it to your will, almost in a way, or just not disclose it because you don't think it's going to be that big well, of a legal don't get issue. Me wrong. I'm not expecting you to know every yeah. single part of the legal code of every single thing because yeah. that would take years. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why they have law books and they read up on it. Right. So you're supposed to be deciding whether it's constitutional or not. That's That's not my issue here. My issue here is how do you not know the rules of your job? Yeah. I mean, this is blatant stuff. Exactly. These are things that, like, the government gives you this form. You have to fill it out with all types of financial disclosures because if any of them do have any influence on your decision, that's a problem. Right. And I don't know how much the other two justices that I mentioned have had issues with not disclosing their stuff with a publishing company. I don't know how deep that goes or not. But for Clarence Thomas, this guy is directly involved with two of your family members. One of them is your fucking mother. The other one is someone that you view as a son. That is trapping somebody. Like you are literally trying to, in some way, maybe covertly or covertly, you know, not sabotage, but just hold this guy in a certain position that you want him to be. You got him by the balls, essentially. I don't like that. I also don't like Clarence Thomas, but the fact that, again, nine, all nine of them said, no, we're not willing to have more oversight. Kind of blows my mind. I definitely would have thought the new gal, um, Kentonji Brown, Brown Jackson, would, would be like, at least, eh, yeah, we probably should have some more oversight because she's the youngest one. I thought she would have some sense in it, but apparently not. So I don't like that none of them are willing to say that we need to have some different body to kind of oversee certain aspects of our behavior. Okay. Because you can't go unchecked, I, right? I can understand it, believe it or not. It could set a bad precedent. It, it could. Well, okay. I'm actually going to tie it to a fraternity thing that I had to deal with. So it, you could kind of call it a judicial body. It was. So we had what was called our standard sport. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they dealt with a lot of other things, but one of their main primary things was if we had a trial for whatever the reason, someone broke the l- rules, they were to listen to the trial, um, ask questions, and then they came up with the punishment. Exactly. Okay. Um, we were talking to one of our headquarters staff about some of our bylaws that we had, and one of the bylaws reads that our chapter has the ability to overthrow the, um, bro. I wish I knew I was not in a fraternity. I know, but you just said it. The consequence. Oh, gotcha. Whatever. Yeah. They have the ability to overturn that by two thirds majority of the chapter. And okay. They had asked me this question. Why does that make sense? It, it, it shouldn't do that 
because you guys had voted these people in. Now, granted, there's the difference. We didn't vote in the judges because we voted in the president. The president elects these or puts these judges in and then the voted population of our Congress approves it. Yes. But we voted them in. We should trust them enough to make the correct decision. Mm -hmm. There's that logic. That's the reason why they don't want to see the oversight. It's like, why would we have someone oversee us when we are supposed to be the highest authority when it comes to judicial issues? Mm -hmm. My pushback and where I'm agreeing with you though, is that this is not so much about overseeing whether or not you're doing that job correctly. It should be, are you doing everything leading up to that correctly? Are you following protocol? Right. If you can't follow protocol, that's an issue. Because you shouldn't have the ability to overturn the Supreme Court's ruling because that's what they're there for. Yep. At, no matter if I agree with it or not, mm-hmm. that should not happen because that is what they're there for. But you should have oversight into whether or not you're doing your job correctly. Right. I mean, the, again, these are very basic things. Right. But then you have to go into the weeds of like, well, who decides what what is actually correct? Blah, 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 blah. Which party is going to be in control of that? Right. It would have to be a bipartisan committee, but then who knows how much of a legal issue that's going to be. Right. And since it would be something that I would think literally have to change the Constitution, guess who oversees the Constitution and its legality? Right. The Supreme Court. So they would have to make the final ruling on that, assuming if someone challenges it. And whenever people want to go back to the founders, right? This is why they made it hard. They made it very hard to change things because it has to be a really good reason to change it. And I I respect that and I agree with it. But there are things like this that has never been a precedent before, right? It was, I would think, never have been something to worry about. Well, maybe not even that because you would think further back in time how many judges were acting on the behalf of like, oh, I'm friends with this rich guy and fucking 1832 right mm-hmm. who knows it could have been an issue back then it but probably, the honor has never was. really been questioned until the yeah. last 10 15 years yeah right next story this one's a, a cheerful one former proud boys leader enrique tario was convicted of sedition which is a huge step forward because a lot of these one night white nationalist group who are basically terrorist organizations do not get treated the same way as other previous nationalist groups in the United States have been. We can talk about the black Panthers and how they were persecuted for their certain beliefs. Do I agree with how they went about things? Not always, but they were serving a purpose. Uh, These people are not like black Panthers. They are not serving any type of purpose. White people are not being targeted or harassed or, uh, being nullified or whatever you want to call it, but they don't have the same treatment. This guy who is not involved necessarily hands on with the January 6th insurrection. Cause he was not there. Cause he was not there, but is being convicted of sedition anyway, because behind the scenes he was motivating it. So former proud boys leader, um, and three other members of the far right extremist group are convicted this past Thursday of the plot to attack the U.S. Capitol. A jury in Washington, D.C. found Tario guilty of seditious conspiracy. The Justice Department has now secured seditious uh, conspiracy convictions against the leaders of two major extremist groups, both being white nationalist groups, which is a huge win. 
Uh, like we said, he was not in Washington on January 6th because he had been arrested two days prior in a separate case uh, ordered out of the capital city. But prosecutors said that he organized and directed the attack by Proud Boys who stormed the Capitol that day. There are several text messages and different types of messages from his phone to different leaders who were actually at the insurrection um, telling them to continue. Uh, The prosecutors told jurors that the group viewed itself as, quote, Trump's army and was prepared for, quote, all-out war to stop Biden from becoming president. The Justice Department has yet to disclose how much prison time it will seek with the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, uh, but they will be sentenced next month. That is, again, just a huge step forward in, you know, having due process. You can clearly see that the people that were involved in the insurrection obviously were there for a specific purpose. And that purpose, one, being illegal, and two, treasonous, right? You are purposely trying to overthrow a dutiful election based off of the results that you do not like. So the fact that, you know, everyone on who is the far right wing crackheads cannot come to terms with that this is justice, I don't know how to explain it to you, but the proof is in the pudding. It's pretty blatant. And I know I use that word a lot in a lot of recent episodes. It's like, oh, it's just blatantly bad. It is. It just clearly is. So good on the uh, D.C. court system for convicting these people for, you know, trying to literally overthrow our country. So And that's exactly how it should be. Yeah. You know, hold people accountable. Next news story, Jackson Mahomes, who is the brother of Kansas City star quarterback Patrick Mahomes, was arrested this past Wednesday on charges of aggravated sexual battery. So he was booked on a $100,000 bond this past Wednesday. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jackson Mahomes has been charged with three counts of aggravated sexual battery, an additional fourth count of battery. Surveillance video appears to show Mahomes kissing a woman while his hands were grasping her neck. The 40-year-old woman, who is the owner of Aspen's Restaurant and Lounge in Overland Park, also accused Mahomes of shoving a member of the restaurant's waitstaff in a separate incident. I don't know much about Jackson Mahomes, besides the fact that he uses his brother's fame for his own fame, and he's basically become like a social media influencer because his brother is so well-known. And no offense to Jackson Mahomes, besides the fact that apparently he is, you know, a sexual abuser and, you know doesn't treat people nice in any way. Um, He always kind of annoyed me beforehand. Yeah, his face is punchable. Because he would just be in like the press box acting like a fool and doing all kinds of things for attention with uh, his brother's fame, who's, you know, rightfully so. Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks that we've seen since probably Tom Brady or uh, Peyton Manning, right? Or Steve Young. You know, very well-known quarterbacks this guy ain't known for shit and he's just writing his brother's fame that's and what he's known for and he's just being an absolute fucking tool and an asshole and just be doing all the stupid things right he's not even the famous one <laughs> and the fame is going to his head exactly it does not make sense like we had talked about 
uh, Deshaun Watson, who was famous because he is a good football player and was a fucking asshole and should be in jail for what he has done. This guy is not even famous and he's still doing all this horrible shit off of his brother's fame. And I can't imagine the horrible situation that Patrick Mahomes is in with this. Like, I'm sure he paid his brother's bond to get him out of jail. And he has to deal with the fact that his brother is just a seemingly serial offender of this type of stuff, which is, I I can't imagine what that's like for having a brother that's using your fame and basically bringing you down with him. Must suck ass. Yeah. Luckily, we don't have to deal with that. Yeah. Speaking of sucking ass, child labor. Interesting transition. Yeah, in in Louisville. (laughs) So according to the Department of Labor, two 10-year-old children were found working at a Louisville McDonald's restaurant sometimes until 2 a.m., which, if you're a parent, I don't know how you explain that. I don't know how you approve that. I don't know either. I don't know how any of this works. I don't know. (laughs) Everyone in this is at fault except the kids. It is Kentucky. (laughs) You're right. It is Kentucky. So who knows what the fuck is going on. The uh, discovery this past week was part of an investigation into the child labor law violations in the Southeast in general. So apparently a lot of this stuff's happening just in the Southeast. The agency also (laughs) found three franchises that own, or franchisees, sorry, that own more than 60 McDonald's locations in Kentucky, Indiana, Maryland, and Ohio, right? So these are wealthy people. You can imagine there's only three franchisees who own 60 of these restaurants, 20 per, right? I imagine that, you know, McDonald's is a very lucrative franchise to have. You own 20 of them. I'm sure you're making a fucking pretty fucking penny. So this is a quote from the investigation. They employed 305 children to work more than the legally permitted hours and perform tasks prohibited by law for young workers. Now, this is the kicker that really pisses me off. The three franchisees face a combined, all three of them, 212754000 Let me repeat that. $212,754 civil penalty for violating child labor laws. They probably make that in a day. I would think that they could, I mean, well, yeah, between all their fucking 20 restaurants, they probably do. That's a drop in the damn bucket. How is that solving anything? Literally not even a slap on the wrist. No. It's just, okay, cool. I'll continue to have these people or find new workers that are slightly, you know, on that brink of being underage and still work them to fucking death. Pay them minimum wage if that and I'll still get away with whatever I want. I've 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 never even as a business major understood the capitalistic orgasmic idea of money, 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 money. Like I've never been the Mr. Krabs mindset. Well then you're not a true capitalist. I'm not a capitalist. <laughs> never have been. Yeah. But I've never understood it. Like w- I understand money makes everything in your life easier and you can buy anything that you want when you have it. Mm-hmm. But we've talked about this to. multiple, multiple times. I don't know what you do with all of this money that you have. Okay. I, I just, I never can fathom it because I've never had that much clearly, but, but there is a point where what can you do with it? You can't spend it fast enough. Right. In order for it to make you any type of 
feel I just, satisfactory. I don't get why you wouldn't pour that money back into your employees. Like, also, just I've I've never understood the mindset of business people breaking the law to get more money. Yeah, that is not worth the reward. And, and oh, I mean, apparently, it clearly is. Apparently, we don't know something. <laughs> but like, I've never understood that. I I just cannot wrap my head around why you would exploit people and pay them absolute dog shit because you can get away with it because they're ten. Which blows my mind. You as an employer, I can understand like fifteen, maybe. Yeah, like that makes a little more sense. They're getting closer, right? But ten. Like, imagine you are in a manager of one of these restaurants. Why would you want a fifth grader working for you? Literally. Besides mopping floors or carrying and cleaning out the bathroom and shit. But that's, like, why would you want a 10-year-old there? Right. It doesn't make any sense to me. And the fact that, you know, obviously, the people that own these franchises clearly knew about it, but they're not doing anything to change it. It's like... What is the 10-year-old doing for you that, like you said, a 16-year-old couldn't do? And to be honest, you could pay them the same. Right. You could have someone that's of legal age and still pay them as if you were paying a 10-year-old. You can still make that decision as a capitalist. But the thing is, is a person of age to be able to work can go somewhere else that will actually pay them more. Whereas you have somebody who's underage, you're not going to be able to work anywhere else. True. So it's either this or nothing. I can see that. I can see that, but it still blows my mind that, you know, they're, they had found red handed. I, I did a bad and they're still collectively having to pay just a little over $200,000. That ain't shit for any of them. No, it's just like, okay, cool. I guess I won't buy my wife a new fucking car this month. Exactly. It delays it a month. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. It's. Just so bad. And again, like we talked about with child labor laws just getting more laxed in general, it's just going to get worse. Like, I can't wait to see until, like, you know, a year and a half from now or, or whatever, all these stories start coming up in Iowa and Arkansas of, like, man, fucking kid got crushed by something. Because a kid should not have to worry about work. Let a kid be a kid. Let them enjoy their first 18 years of life. And that falls into a whole new social issues of we don't have enough supports for families who are low income to not have to have a kid work to earn money for the household. Right. That and, just you know, further proves bads on our end. I, I can understand, you know, working at 16 to help provide. If that's the situation you're in, that's unfortunate, but you might need to do something to help. Yeah. But by that time, you're almost 18, right? Like, you need to start introducing yourself to the real world. I would say you need to start introducing yourself to work in general. Yeah. And right. so I can completely understand that. Yeah. Maybe not to be the one of the breadwinners of the home. Right. But but you're halfway through high school at that point, or it should be, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of makes more sense. It's like starting to look for jobs at your junior year of college. You know, I'm, I'm almost done. I need a, this. this is my last bit of schooling and unless I'm doing my master's right, I need to actually look for something that's going to stick. Yeah. It makes sense. I completely understand it. But when you're 14 going into high school, that's not what you should be worrying about. When you're 15, like second year of high school, still trying to figure things out, trying to figure, still figure out who you are. That's not what you should be worrying about. Yeah. And even before then you are fifth grade, 10 years old. Nah, man, you should not be working about that shit. Yep. Absolutely ridiculous. 
Moving into what kids should also not worry about. (laughs) I read this article and I was so fucking pissed. It's kind of crazy. Kinda. Um, It's, again, and my... It's batshit. It's batshit. Now, my thing that I put on our notes doesn't quite match up with the context of the article, but my point is what I wrote down. Yeah. Of like, why are we doing this before this? No, completely understand. So, uh, Flint School District in Michigan has banned all backpacks from school buildings in response to growing safety concerns, in which we'll talk about in some stories in next week's episode for news and politics. There's, yeah, I guess things are getting more dangerous out there, but there should be things happening first before this. So, the district announced last week that backpacks would be banned and that the ban would be in place until the rest of the school year. Superintendent Kevin Jones cited growing threatening behavior happening across the country, including weapons being brought to schools as a reason for the backpack ban. He said, quote, backpacks make it easier for students to hide weapons, which can be disassembled and harder to identify uh, or happen or hidden in pockets inside books or under other items. So students are allowed to store personal items like wallets, keys, hygiene products, and phones in small purses, uh, bring lunch boxes, or place their gym clothes in a clear plastic bags, all of which will be subject for searches. What, does he think the kids are fucking MacGyver? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I'm going to disassemble this gun and hide it in different parts of my bag so I can reassemble it in the bathroom. I don't know how logical that makes sense. It doesn't. But that's not... Again, that's not like the main concern, right? The biggest thing is that you should be banning certain types of weapons for people who have to be a certain age to get them, right? Or just in general, in the United States, a citizen should not have weapons above this class, right? We have that in effect, right? You can't go buy a fucking RPG, at least in the state of Iowa. In other states, you can. In the state of Iowa, I don't think you can. But let's make that more of a universal thing where above this class, no one can have this because until we can prove that we're good with it, we can't use it, right? So there should be steps before this. Don't ban backpacks in the state of, or in Flint, Michigan. The entire state of Michigan should just ban certain weapons to be sold to Americans because what's... I don't get it. When you are trying to make fried chicken, do you fry the egg or do you fry the chicken? You fry the chicken. You fry the chicken, right? I know this argument's a little bit backwards because in this case, the guns would be the egg and the backpacks would be the chicken. But if you want fried chicken, you know, let me rephrase this analogy. Do you, when you want a boiled egg, <laughs> to make my analogy make fucking sense, uh, if you want a boiled egg, do you boil the egg or do you boil a live chicken? There you go. That makes more sense. You boil the egg. So you get rid of that step first because that's what you want. You are concerned about having guns in schools for children's safety. Ban the guns. Don't ban the backpacks. Well, my number one question, it's going to sound weird, but I think you'll connect the dots. Has Flint fixed their water problem yet? I would think not. But that's more of a, I guess, somewhat federal issue because the federal government is supposed to help with that. I don't know if they are. Federal government's also supposed to help with banning guns too, but You're they're right. also not helping with that. You're right. 
what can we do here to focus on the important things? I think the health of your overall populace with a toxic water Mm -hmm. needs to be fixed first. Then you also need to look at, you know, helping kids. This is not the way to do it. If we're, if we're still sticking on this, like anything but the guns is the motto. Anything but. Mm -hmm. Here's an idea. Just try it. Just give it a shot. No pun intended. Like, (laughs) why not try it? The worst that happens is you take it back off. Yeah. Again, it's just. I know the superintendent in the school district can't make the call to ban guns. Right. But they did have to get some approval from the school board. I don't know if they had to get any approval from any type of local or state government. But if you are that concerned with it, and I understand all schools are gun-free zones, just because that makes sense. Why would you have guns at fucking school? And you're the superintendent, and you're really concerned with having guns being brought to your school. Well, you look at it, the best or the easiest way that guns are getting is through backpacks. So we'll just get rid of backpacks. It should lower the number of guns coming into school. Doesn't stop the fact that someone who just is pissed off at home just decides to go to school with a gun and shoot up the school. Right. It doesn't really fix the main issue. How many how many of these mass shooters have actually came to a school with, with a the gun stuff? in their bag? There I mean, I would say it's uh, it might have happened. It's a I think it's a decent not decent amount. It's definitely not more than just someone coming to school with a right. gun with the intention of shooting as opposed to coming to school with a pistol in their backpack with extra rounds, right? When you look at most mass shootings that are happening in schools, they come heavily armed with a long-barreled rifle, whether it be assault or bolt action or whatever. And that's not going to be hidden in a backpack. No, and a lot of those, yes, you can break down. Yeah. But it does take time to assemble those anyway. Mm -hmm. You think you're not going to hear metal clinking in the boys' bathroom Exactly. And someone's going to be like, um, that seems suspicious. Right. Yeah. This, I don't know. I, and I get, you know, they're, they're trying to do something. So it is a step forward, I guess, but it's not the thing we need to be focusing on. Yeah. Again, everything but the guns. It it just, it blows my mind. It's like saying if your health is bad, like you have an upset stomach instead of like, looking at what's in the stomach, you're, they're trying to do some like herbal remedies or like hmm. psychosomatic things. Like, no, just give me a fucking pill to make sure that I'm going to put crystals this, on your chakra. Right. Just do the thing that actually attacks the thing that's having a problem. In this case, guns have consistently, consistently, consistently been the problem. Let's just try taking that away. Just once, mm-hmm. just somewhere, just once try it. See what happens. Because we've seen it happen in other places. And yeah, not every place, or America's not like every place. So we don't know if it'll work. Let's just give it, let's just give it a shot. Let's just try it. See, see what happens. Yeah, you would think statistically if enough countries have already done it, whether or not they have the same population as we do, they're still given you know generally the same media that the United States uses, which a lot of people on the right think, oh, it's just a media problem or it's just a mental health problem. Well, in those other countries that usually have very extreme gun laws, they tend to have 
pretty good mental health supports, but they have the same media. So it's it, you can't say that it won't work. There's statistics that show as well. More than likely, it will. So you might as well try it. Surprise topics. Mine actually kind of ties back to one of the things we were talking about earlier. Okay. So I just labeled mine two long sentences. So a Kentucky man named Peter Schwartz was sentenced to 14 years to prison for attacking Capitol Police officers with pepper spray in a chair during the January 6th insurrection. Oh. His sentence is now the longest among the Capitol trials, and the second longest was 10 years before his, and it was actually handed down by the same judge, Amit Mehta. Um, in fun fact, the prosecutors were actually asking for 24 years and six months. Didn't get it, but he got 14 years and two months. Mm. So when Meta said to Schwartz, um, he was a soldier against democracy who participated in the kind of mayhem, chaos that had never been seen in this country's history. You're not a political prisoner. You're not somebody who is standing up against injustice or fighting against an autocratic regime. Um, Schwartz did say that uh, right before the judgment that he does sincerely regret the damage that January 6th has caused in so many people in their lives. But the judge didn't believe Schwartz, uh, noting his lack of remorse, that you took it upon yourself to try and injure multiple police officers that day. Keep in mind, Schwartz was actually a former police officer. No, I'm sorry, completely different person. That does come up later in this um, in this article. Uh, I lost where I was at. So, yes, yeah, Schwartz was armed with a wooden tire knocker. Um, he said when he and his then wife um, joined the rioters and overwhelming the line of police officers, uh, he threw a chair at one of the officers at the Lower West Terrace. Um, by throwing the chair, Schwartz directly contributed to the fall of the police line that enabled rioters to flood forward and take over the entire terrace, said the prosecutor. Um, Schwartz is 49. He also armed himself with the police issued super soaker canister of pepper spray, um, and spraying it at retreating officers advancing to the tunnel. Um, he coordinated with two other riders to pepper spray the officers. They didn't actually hit them, but it was to heighten the danger is what the prosecutor said. Um, he also in, was involved in the heave ho push against the tunnel. Um, he was sentenced actually last month. Uh, to two years of incarceration for pleading to riot-related charges. And he has actually been a per a continuous uh, perpetrator of law, I guess. Um, <laughs> Just general law. <laughs> yeah. He, he, uh, he has been prosecuted quite a few times. There we go. I was looking for it. So Schwartz was on probation when he joined the January 6th riot. His criminal record includes a jaw-dropping 38 prior convictions since 1991. Fucking hell. Several of which involved assaulting and threatening officers and other authority figures. How would he not just be locked up? Right. There should be a threshold. You would think. You cross this many number of just, you know, arrests for like actual violent offenses. You're kind of just in prison now. Sorry. Yeah, Schwartz actually had raised over $71,000 from an online campaign entitled Patriot Pete Political Prisoner in D.C. Hmm. Um, prosecutors asked the judge to order Schwartz to pay a fine equaling the amount raised by his campaign, arguing that he shouldn't profit from participating in the right, which I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, he was a welder in Uniontown, Pennsylvania before his arrest in 2021, but he considers himself a homeboy of Kentucky. Whoa. Yep. 
Um, more than 100 police officers were injured during the riot, and more than 1,000 people have been charged with federal crimes. He is one of them. Nearly 500 of them have actually been sentenced, with over half of them getting terms of imprisonment. Good. The 10-year sentence that I was talking about, this is uh, what I was talking about. The longest one before this was uh, handed down by Meta in a September trial to retired New York police officer Thomas Webster, who actually... Um, used the metal flagpole to assault an officer and then tackle the same officer as the mob advanced. No brotherly love for, you know, the thin blue line there. I just, I don't understand people, man. Like a lot of these people in these trials are trying to say like, Oh, I, I was brainwashed. I, I didn't know what I was doing. It's like, yes, you did. You're a grown ass man. Yes. You definitely knew what you were doing. Sorry, but now you have to be held accountable. Especially for that one guy that had, you know, 38 prior record. Yeah. That, no, sorry. You fucked up. Again, sorry. Go to fucking jail. Not even sorry. Yeah, not even sorry. Uh, don't collect $200. <laughs> My surprise topic is something that I would probably fall for, oh, and you'll goodness. probably get the reason here uh, as to why. So a Russian woman living in New York was sentenced to 21 years in jail for poisoning her friend who had a striking resemblance to her by lacing, get it, cheesecake. So that's probably where I'd get uh, fucking poisoned. (laughs) I love cheesecake. Uh, Then this woman stole her identification and other valuables. So a jury convicted Victoria Nasarova, who was 47, of attempted murder, assault, and other charges this past February for her attempted murder back in 2016. The judge delivering Nasarova's sentence called her an, quote, extremely dangerous woman with a diabolical scheme and that she is cursed at him as she left the courtroom. Uh, Prosecutors urged Nasarova had poisoned her friend in order to steal her identity so she wouldn't have to return to Russia where she was wanted for a murder that she committed in 2014. <laughs> yeah, so murdering someone's going to help you with this. Exactly. I mean, apparently, you know, she looks enough like her that I'll just steal her identity and therefore I won't have to go serve, you know, my prison sentence back in Russia. But uh, that's why I feel like I would probably fall for this. Someone that looks vaguely like me, feeds me cheesecake, and then all of a sudden I'm just knocked out. That's what happened here. Uh, last a little bit here. However, her lawyer, Nasarova's lawyer, made the statement saying, quote, The defense believes that Judge Holder's sentence was excessive and inappropriate given Mrs. Nasarova's uh, life circumstances, her mental health history, family support, and her traumatic experiences while living in the United States. I don't know, but she is wanted for murder in a different country. I feel like that takes more precedent then, oh, well, she's had a rough time here. <laughs> like, sorry. Our, our judicial system's all fucked. Well, I mean, obviously these defense lawyers have to come up with everything that they possibly can in order to get paid by their, I mean, they get paid anyway, but to get more pay from their clients. And I right? get that, but like... This just seems idiotic. Obviously, you have to do your best, but to make this statement of like, well, she's just had a rough time. She's got mental health issues. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't you just lace cheesecake with a sedative enough to kill a horse? Right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you know the <laughs> Typical old... Typical Friday. You know the old bit. 
All right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of the politics and news section of the detention podcast. Thank you everyone for listening. Please spread the word and encourage others to listen as well. You can follow us on Twitter at detention pod one, or you can send us an email at detention podcast one at gmail.com. You can listen to the detention podcast on anchor, Spotify, and Apple podcasts. And with that, your detention has been served. We will see you again next week.